Tech is a bi-weekly podcast exploring the intersections of technology and ministry. It is part of the podcast network sponsored by Wells, the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod. Our show today is hosted by Martin Spriggs and Sally Draper. Welcome back, everybody, to Wells Tech. This is episode 699, or 700 minus 1, January 26th, no, January 25th, 2023. Lots of numbers, that uh, new numbers that I have to remember here. I'm Martin Spriggs. show about technology and ministry is what you've joined here. Uh, hopefully, you're in the right place. And uh, joining me in that place each and every time we do this, or... For most of those 699s is Sally Draper. Hey, Sally. Hey, Martin. I'm ready to party like it's 699. How's that for a great lead in? Or 700 minus one. Yeah. 700 Mm -hmm. minus one. Yeah. It was good to see you last week. Excited to record with you last week at the Wells National Conference on Lutheran Leadership. What a treat it was to be there and to absorb a lot of information Mm -hmm. and um, happy to be back in this seat and hopefully carrying out some of those new ideas that I learned. Lots of conversations there. Mm -hmm. Um, And we decided that um, this show, we needed to add uh, more people. So you have five (laughs) squares on the board today. Uh, by mean, by no means am I calling each and every one of them square. In fact, quite the opposite. They are uh, two of them you've seen many times before. Our regular, semi-regular classroom technology correspondents, Rachel Feld and Jason Schmidt. Hey, Rachel, how are you today? Muted is how she is. Oh, we can't that's hear. a dollar. Mike wow. issues like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Pop it. You guys are great. You're I'm good. actually a rectangle, is what I am. Not That's a that. That is true. Sorry about okay. that. Yeah. Okay. But other than that, I'm delightful. Okay. We were talking pre-show about your title, and I I promptly forgot it because it was so long. Director of Academic Computing and Online Learning. Online Learning. Good job. Yes. <laughs> That would be me. Sally and I work that way. Yeah, we kind of have a hive mind. She's <laughs> she finishes my sentences. Yes. So, really? and uh, that's up on the hill at Martin Luther College. You've been there what now? Three, four years? Five years. Five years. Wowzer! Look at that. I think five years. This dispensing knowledge for five years. It's right on her business card now. Or building Legos, you know, take your pick. Okay. Thanks for joining us, Rachel. (laughs) Appreciate that. I remember you from back in the day when you were in the first grade classroom in the Milwaukee area, and we interviewed you on Wells Tech. Sure did. We did. That's right. And Jason Schmidt. Jason, how are you? Hey, doing great, Martin. It's good to be back again. I I always look forward to these opportunities to chat with you guys. It's like, you know, it's just, it's just so, it's so much fun. I, I appreciate the fact that you keep inviting me back. Yep. Came right out of the box, unmuted and everything. So thank you for that. <laughs> I, you know, I live on Zoom these days. So I, ah, yeah. You got it's, that down. It's got the keyboard, you get used got to the it. keyboard like shortcuts memorized. Up. Yes. Yep. <laughs> 
Jason's title, for those that are keeping score, Executive Director of Wisconsin Virtual School. So maybe a title that didn't exist a few years ago when you started with us on Wells Tech, but now virtual schools are everywhere. Yeah, well, and actually, this is our 22nd year of operation. So we've we've been around almost as long as Rachel has. (laughs) that? Uh, Poor Rachel. Thanks. And we have a special guest to talk about our educational technology topic of the day, and that is director of, I don't know, did did you finally change the name up there on the Hill, Bob? Bob Martins, director of network services or information technology, or what's, what's the flavor of the day? I think technically my title is director of information technology and the department that I oversee currently is network services, but we are <laughs> we are contemplating and working toward a renaming or a rebranding if you want to sound fancier. Um, we've kind of settled on information technology services or IT services for short, okay. or as one of our friends here on top of the hill calls us, it's. Um, it's. So we're, we're pretty neutral at that point is what it comes down to. Okay. Very um, good. But appreciate yeah, you pleasure, appreciate pleasure you coming on. This is not the first time he has frequented no. the the Wells Tech doors. It was actually quite a while ago, maybe a couple times. I don't remember at this point. So the one I remember distinctly would have been with I think it was with your son, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, it was an Apple conversation, must have Apple been Apple so, Because you are a former a former genius. Yes, I definitely relinquished that title long ago. Okay. And uh, if you ask any of my children, they would also agree. Yeah, you um, get dumber as they get older. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I hope that comes back around, but we'll see. I'm not very it, hopeful. It, on it does. Yeah, you just have to be patient. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sally, what are we going to talk about with these fine people? Well, these fine people make up our EdTech featured show. We do this mostly during the school year and on an every other month cycle. And uh, this year, this school year, that equated to five shows. So we put on our thinking caps, got real serious about this, and we came up with a theme, and it is The Incredibles of EdTech. So we're pattering it after the Pixar favorites, The Incredibles family. Uh, we did a show um, featuring Mr. Incredible, and that was kind of on EdTech things that are strong and foundational and durable. And we talked about pick rats in that show. Rachel uh, schooled us on a really cool um, way of evaluating and uh, developing uh, lessons to to meet all the learner skills. And Rachel, you can correct everything I just said if that didn't capture it well. Sounds good. All right. Uh, Show number two in the series was featuring Mrs. Incredible. And we were looking for tools that were flexible and do it all for us in the ed tech space. Um, We called that one one button dissertation because Rachel was looking for an easy way to get that dissertation finished. Um, And some of the tools we talked about were Google Slides, Trello, Screencast-O-Matic, and Bitly on that show. So if you're keeping score, we're up to show number three in this series. And the third person in the Incredibles family is the oldest daughter, Violet, who has that invisibility uh, superpower. And we thought about ed tech and what's invisible to us, but super powerful. And that was along the lines of infrastructure. That's why Bob's here, because he is really good at talking about infrastructure. Bob, it seems like you maybe just taught a class related to this. Is that true? Yeah, I had the privilege this past summer of teaching our first go around of a um, course called School Technology Infrastructure for our graduate program aimed primarily at um, 
had tech directors for the synod. So we were really fortunate to have a group of, I think it was five or six um, men and women who were a part of that, that cohort that we had coming through and had really good discussions and stuff. So it was, it was a lot of fun, uh, have a lot of notes to improve things for the next go around, but that is a continual process when you're, when you're teaching anything, but it was, it was a lot of fun to work with those ministry professionals, people who are out there actually in schools. Um, that's the primary, um, audience we had at the time and, uh, work with them through that. So it was a lot of fun. Bob, we should probably define what we mean by infrastructure. I think we throw that word around a lot, yep. but maybe give us a good definite, a working definition we can uh, springboard off of. I'm, I'm glad you went with working definition and not good because I would never, <laughs> ever try and equate to what Well, I'm you're no longer a genius, so you can get to do that you can. So. And now I'm actually in, in administration, so I've lost even more credibility. That's right. You have no cred whatsoever. So yeah. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore. Um, you're just taking up air there. That's right. Oh, <laughs> Rachel knows exactly how much air I take up most of the time. Um, however, for... When at least when I think about infrastructure, when we talk about it here at Martin Luther College, a lot of times we're talking about those systems, those uh, physical components, those items, and even those concepts that are kind of sitting in the background and that everything else is layered on top of in a lot of ways. And so the, the canonical one that people think about is uh, the network. And the network can take a lot of different um, directions. It can be the wired network that some of us are more used to, and maybe we have an affinity for because we like to have cables plugged into walls when we're going to be accessing our uh, uh, digital uh, information in certain ways. Uh, but it also has to do with wireless networks that are out there and wireless networks encompass a whole category of different things, depending on what kind of devices you're utilizing and what standards they fall on top of. However, infrastructure also goes down to even such components as how much power you have available, um, what sort of physical security you have um, in certain parts of the building, depending on what your information security po um, posture may need to be. Uh, and it also includes some things that kind of go unseen at the same time. The physical layout of the space can be considered infrastructure because you don't think about it, but it can very much affect how you're able to utilize a space and how you're able to utilize technology. So it kind of has a very expansive um, definition. You can expand it out to be almost meaningless to an extent. However, I think for a lot of the things that we talk about, we're talking about foundational components around the access of information, primarily networks, wireless, wired, and then all the things that go along with that which includes information security sometimes uh, and often, but also physical security and those sorts of things. I don't know if Jason, Rachel, or anyone else wants to kind of hop in if I forgot a key part there that you're kind of thinking about. Well, you know, I was really thinking about it as you were talking, Bob, and I, no, I got nothing. No, <laughs> I think I think that's pretty pretty wide uh, wide net that you cast, you know, and especially to incorporate like some of those like, the way I always explained it is uh, it's the it's the hidden stuff, right? It's the behind the scenes. It's what enables all of the other things that are going on, um, you know, and the the different types of networks and everything like that's nice job. Yep. Yeah. And there, we'll and, double and your pay are... next time. Sorry, Martin. I just blew your budget. <laughs> yeah, right. Zero times two is still zero. So it comes down yeah. to it. I know how that works. Um, I think. From from my vantage point, and Rachel, you can chime in too because you, know, you were the one considering. I'm sure whether this was part of the you know graduate curriculum must have been some some rationale, which I could probably predict. But it's a scary area uh, when I look at our our schools because it's so important and it's so easy to get wrong or to do kind of a, a half 
whatever job at, you know, just kind of cobble things together. And that can be dangerous from a privacy, from a security perspective, from a, just a productivity perspective. You know, things can go real sideways on a campus if this isn't done right. Um, Rachel, kind of what was the the thinking as you're, you're putting this stuff together? Uh, and uh, this, uh, how long has this been in the curriculum? Uh, so it ha- we did a kind of a rewrite of the ed tech graduate program about two years ago now. And it's so we're working through our first cohort, especially of the tech director um, emphasis. And mm-hmm. the, the way at least I kind of looked at the tech director program was what things would I need to know in order to be okay with being called a tech director at a school? Mm. Um, and I, I took that because took that approach because I, I think I have a, I have a pretty good working knowledge of like how to use Google and all those ed tech type tools. I can probably install a printer, um, you know, that kind of basic stuff. I can set up a home Wi-Fi system pretty easily, but you take me to a school and you start talking about access points and firewalls. I do at least know that a firewall isn't a physical wall. Um, it's like a box somewhere, but <laughs> those are the kind of things that you need to, you need to have a better grasp on. Um, at the very least, you need an awareness of so that you can ask the right questions, make sure the right things are covered. Um, and a big piece of that is infrastructure. And that's where Bob's course really comes in. Um, I actually want to take it one of these days so that I can actually maybe feel like I could be a tech director. Um, not that I would, you know, maybe want to do that, but no, you're not it'd be going nice anywhere. to have the knowledge. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a great point, Rachel. And I'll ask Bob this. Is it reasonable to ask somebody to do all that stuff, to do right. all the ed tech stuff? to do all the network stuff, to write the policies, to be up on security. I mean, it just doesn't seem like that that can fit in one person's bucket. Right. And I think that's the thing that an individual who's being asked to take on that role in some way would need to struggle with their school board or an advisory committee that they have around technology um, is that they're, like I said, it's very expansive. And this is just the infrastructure side. And we don't even get to um, the educational, like, what's more the traditionally the educational technology Mm -hmm. piece where you're bringing in software and other systems specifically for the teaching side um, and the sort of training and uh, shepherding that's needed for the faculty at that end. That's a whole different ball of wax, but even on the infrastructure side. And I, before I moved into this role, I was the system and network admin for, for MLC for, oh boy, eight years. I think it sounds about right. And before that I, I, had helped out in a various number of ways. And even then, my full-time job was to work with network and and systems that I still needed to bring in help from time to time. I still needed to make sure that I was able to stay abreast of things. And so you need to kind of gather together um, help in various ways. And that can be from local volunteers. I know that's a thing that happens, I think, very often throughout the Senate. We have just an amazing number of people who have a heart to volunteer in that way, Um, but also to work and try and find resources, local vendors, 
Um, I know on the information security side, the hope is that the Synod can be kind of a, a clearinghouse or at least a, a resource for information security policies and procedures and, and guidance in that sense. So that's a place too where we're able to kind of band together in various ways because doing it all yourself is a really quick way to burn out really fast. And that doesn't even account for the fact that a lot of these individuals are called to teach first and foremost, mm -hmm. and then to do this stuff on the side. And um, not do any of it, you know, to, you know, do it well. Right. 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 And that just puts, those are challenges that need to be overcome. And so that's where you do have to work with, um, within the governance structures that you have available and really foster those relationships so that you can make the needs known, whether that is um, vendor help, uh, a service provider in the area to help with certain things. I know that uh, uh, Mr. Kirk Shawland out at Minnesota Valley Lutheran High School here uh, outside of New Ulm, can't wait till Highway 14 is open. Um, he uh, works with Nuvero, who is our local internet service provider here in town. They're a communications company as kind of an MSP. So they do some of the work, but he's got a working knowledge of how everything's put together. He can help troubleshoot the minor things and then provide information to those techs who are coming out to facilitate a quick turnaround. And mm -hmm. I think that gets to what Rachel was saying before. A lot of times it's not that you have to know everything because you can't. Everything's changing and moving so quickly. But if you have a foundational knowledge about the concepts and how things work together in concert, that gives you a, a leg up when something goes sideways, and it will, um, to be able to get up to speed quickly and get valuable information to the people that are helping you then with troubleshooting or with um, kind of trying to to navigate what might have happened. And that puts some people under a lot of pressure because if they come into a new situation and have to try and make it all up, um, you know, within the first weeks or months or the first semester that they're in a school, you're going to learn a whole lot when everything goes sideways. <laughs> That's a great time to kind of um, start piecing things together in your own mind. And at least what I've found is people are very willing to give you the time and the slack necessary if they know what you're doing. It's like, where are your struggles and what you need help with? Um, so a lot of times it's, again, fostering relationships, um, advocating for your needs and for the needs of the school. Those are kind of some of the, the initial things that need to happen in those situations. Yeah, a few of the things that you were just saying there, Bob, that kind of just you know, think gets me gets me thinking a little bit and reflecting on my past experience. You know, I was <clears throat> as a former public school technology director. Like I, I knew enough to be dangerous. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, but I was not like you know, if I had if I had some real deep networking stuff, I had people to call. So that's not like I. I think there's sometimes we. Um, we may we may sometimes have a, a mindset that we need to be able to do it all and be able to, you know, and, and it's just not it's not possible uh, to have all of that skill and knowledge reside reside in one person. So, um, you know, that that reaching out to resources, you know, whether that's whether that's vendors that you work with or, um, you know, every every state has uh, education agencies that, you know, that serve as supports for schools they're all available uh sometimes at low and little uh, low to no cost um depending on where you live yeah. uh, to be able to provide those additional supports so uh the importance of of like networking not the physical cables but like networking with people, people. that uh have you know that <laughs> yes. the, like the people networking that's a that's a really important thing 
And to, to piggyback off of that and to do that locally, it's really tempting to kind of try and only foster your networks that you ha- have had at your old locale or that you had in college or those. And, and the virtual space allows us to utilize those to a great extent we couldn't in the past. But the difficulty comes in when you need help in your location and in your locale. That's where you need to be keenly aware that infrastructure still is a local physical thing. It's not always virtual and it and it can't be to a certain extent because you'll always have a device there accessing materials that are somewhere else. And that those bits have to actually like electrically, like the light in the fiber has to physically pass through. Like there are things that can't be avoided at that point. And that's where the the physical community that you have around you, um, finding out who those key people are in your area networking in the the relationship building sense. Um, those are things that are going to save you a lot of time and a lot of frustration well before it, you actually are going to need to call on them. And they might ha- save you from ever having an issue because they know kind of what the space looks like in your area. And, you know, New Alm's a small community. We have very few options in a lot of these cases when it comes to some of these things. And so for us, it's relatively simple. We have only the two people we can talk to for ISP connections. But if you're in a metro area for the first time, how many different ISPs, how many different ways of connecting to those ISPs, how many different programs are there within your county or within your school district or within your state are there for paying for this? Um, The people who are there, they're going to know those things more so than um, your college roommate who's halfway across the country <laughs> in an entirely different context. They might have right. ideas, but the people who are local, they're probably going to have something that's more applicable to you right now. And uh, so you need you kind of need both in that instance. I'm going to so, interject just one quick comment, and that is um, we haven't really talked about documentation or, mm. you know, actually um, passing this knowledge along along to other people, having a group of people in your school slash church setting that know and understand even who to call or mm-hmm. where the wiring closet is and what the very most important button in that closet is and that kind of thing. Um, I have a pin in front of me. It says, be kind to your future self. It was a gift from Mr. Spriggs, a good reminder <laughs> that, um, you know, learning all this or or developing these relationships or whatever or only go as far as that single person unless you're willing to actually also put in the time to document so important i don't know sally i had to put in all the effort to figure it out they should have to do that <laughs> that's a spirit <laughs> why help them be kind. Ah. Be, be kind to your future self and let them deal with the problems <laughs> Oh, so they don't call me when I leave. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, All right. Uh, yeah. That's probably the, that's the more self-serving side of it, I think. Before we leave this, uh, regrettably, have to leave this part of the conversation. Bob, what are some of the things that you feel are were important enough to cover in the course that sure. maybe our tech directors out there, those people in charge of technology leadership, should be kind of paying attention to? Sure. So. One of the overall things we do in the course is I have them actually going out and interviewing their own people within their ministry to get a good sense of what the expectations are for how the technology should work, because that's going to that's going to drive a lot around the decisions you're going to make for infrastructure. So if and I'm just going to use hypotheticals here, um, if the expectation is every student on a Chromebook during four hours of the day, 
you're looking at a very different model for your infrastructure compared to the teacher as the primary, you know, conduit for accessing digital components, um, digital resources and those sorts of things. So those sorts of expectations are going to drive a lot and you need to know what those expectations are or else you can't right size your solution. Um, you could put all, and part of it is just being, and this is a good Lutheran thing to say, especially uh, being good stewards of the resources that our families and our churches and our supporters provide to us um, almost requires for us to make sure that we're not building for, um, you know, hypotheticals that'll never happen. There is something to be said about building for future pro future um, ideas and future use cases, and you want to do that. But the danger for that is that the technology is moving quickly as well. So within the next three, four, five years, you're going to be coming back around and doing the same sort of thing again on the infrastructure side, just to keep up with what's happening, especially in the wireless space, that is continually churning around what sort of features you can have. And even now, what sort of security that's available for the devices. Um, so it, you wanna be able to plan for the future, but you never wanna get in the mindset that we're gonna put this in and we're gonna be doing it again in 10 years. So you're going to need to plan on a limited time horizon and then continually solicit feedback and come back. So that's the overall look. And then we do cover things like wireless networks, what's the newest standards? What would you do for access points? How do we handle high density environments? Uh, classrooms are a really good um, use case for high density environments because you can have uh, multiple tens of devices connecting. And if it's a high school or middle school level, you're going to have students themselves coming with devices that are also trying to connect. And that's a whole different realm. So that's part of our unearthing as well. And then to just ask them to think broadly about who are your stakeholders in these cases, uh, because they may be people that you're not even aware of. You might end up talking with a board member and find out there's a technology advisory committee, and this happened, that you never even knew existed. You'd never even met, no one had ever even talked to you. And they feel they have purview over what the plans are. And you feel you have purview over what the plans are. And that makes for interesting discussions, which is part of the fun. Um, and then information security is a part of it too. So talking about what sorts of systems are there available to help you manage um, ingress and egress within your own location from an internet side. Firewalls are an obvious way to do that. But then we do get into topics, more uh, future looking ones like what does zero trust networking look like? Um, what are the benefits um, and the downsides to that from a conceptual level? What does it mean that we don't trust anything? Because it's really, it, it can be a nice warm fuzzy to think that the things that we control are going to be secure, um, but you don't control the users. <laughs> <laughs> you can never control the users using those devices. And so uh, that that can get you down a, a, a path that isn't always the best. I know here at MLC, we've been moving over time toward treating everything as a hostile environment almost. So in the past, we treated the students who are on campus as a different um, class of user. And we just had to say, we're going to treat them like they're the public, basically. <laughs> they're, mm -hmm. they're no different to us than the public at that point. And yep. any sort of access we give needs to be mitigated through other means. Um, and that's something to consider, too, along with how do you handle public, people coming to the public. And this kind of all drives down to uh, putting together some sort of plan yep. or presentation you, that would ideally be given to um, the governing bodies and stakeholders with an idea of what needs to be improved, not just what, but why. 
and then mm -hmm. to put together some sort of idea as far as how to implement that over the future. So that that's kind of the overall picture of what we're doing during those very yeah. brief eight Interesting. weeks we have together. <laughs> that's, that's great stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We've also found that very often the problem lies somewhere between the chair and the keyboard. Yeah. So if you have a dog let's there move. or something like that is definitely an issue. Like <laughs> All right, let's move on. Thank you, Bob, for sharing that insight. Hopefully you oh. can hang around a little bit for uh, the, the festivities of later on in the show here. Uh, ministry Resource uh, is a segment that we like to insert here in our regular lineup. And um, what have we got this week that we want to recommend to the good people? I think we're going to hand it off to Jason, who has an amazing Jason's resource. bringing it today. All right. He I, yeah, right. Does his pick I, of the I, week. I'm trying gonna... something new. <laughs> 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 no, so uh, the my ministry resource actually doubles as my pick this week. So okay. um, we at our congregation, St. Paul in uh, Green Bay, are starting an outreach initiative uh, where we're training our members of our congregation to be more active and involved in our outreach uh, as a congregation. So um, we're we're going to, starting in the fall, uh, we're going to be starting to run some of these workshops uh, where our where we train our people on how to be an, a member of the community who also outreach is an outreach arm for the church. So how does that fit in with um, the the member of the choir who is uh, you know is participating in worship? How are they a member of the outreach team? Um, you know, what is the, what, how can we structure our Bible studies so that they're reaching out to the community and welcoming to visitors worship? Like it touches on every aspect of a congregational life, uh, and really, you know, trains people again to support those efforts. So it's not just a small team, but everyone, hence the name, everyone outreach. Uh, so this is a, this is a great resource that's put together by the Synod. Uh, we bring in, uh, there's, there's a fee that's involved with it. Um, but I have a feeling that because it's super reasonable, so it's gotta be subsidized, um, by, by some of the, some Synod dollars. Mm -hmm. Um, but we will, uh, we'll host our workshops and then, uh, you know, put, people through the training and then we'll see, you know, we'll see how, how the, how the spirit blesses the work that happens there. So uh, really excited to start that process and would be uh, really just looking forward to seeing the kinds of results and the, and the shift and the changes that happen in, in our congregation when, uh, when we get this going. So um, everyoneoutreach.com. Uh, and then there are some, there are some resources in there for how to get started and have your, have your facilitators come and help you out. Very good. Good pick. Uh, I can, I have not been through the whole program, but uh, if you're at the leadership conference, uh, and we're going to reference that later in our picks of the week. Uh, you got a little taste of that with uh, Pastor Recker um, and um, Kurt Nitz was the Kurt other Nitz. presenter. I'm sorry, I was just mm -hmm. in a meeting with him this morning. I should have remembered. <laughs> um, they do a nice job, and then they're also working. He's all Kurt Nitz is also working with us on the Senate strategic plan, which is kind of culture-based. So it's kind of a different take on evangelism. It's not kind of like, here's the God's great exchange lineup. You memorize this and you, you use it. It's, it's pretty different than that. And I think people and congregations will really benefit from that. So nice pick. 
Um, so let's go to those picks of the week. And Bob, as our guest, and I'm assuming you you came loaded here for uh, a pick. Uh, what would you like to share? I I actually stole two. I'm going to admit, um, and okay. I know I know one of them is near and dear to your heart, Martin, and 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 very near to Bob, mine. We have we have rules here. <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. upend them. That's what I'm doing this time. Yeah, you come on, and you, you can, just feel like you can go rogue. Like I mean, I just well, you doubled up. You had the ministry resource, and then you're doubling it up. So I'm just taking your slot. Is what I'm ended up doing at this point. So we're good to go. Right. Okay, fair, fair. I'll, so, I'll, I will cede my time to you, Mr. Speaker. So I'll be as quick as possible. The first one is just um, to put a plug for the six types of working genius. That is um, something that. I have come to really value and we utilize here in uh, network services uh, for some team stuff as well. Uh, Aaron Spike and I, we watched the webinar back when they first launched it, which is right during COVID basically in 2020. And we've kind of watched uh, them expand and grow on and they just released a book. Um, this comes from Patrick Lencionia, uh, who has written a number of different books in the table group, including The Five Dysfunctions of a Team, um, Death by Meeting, a, a lot of uh, leadership books. And it's just a really, I think, succinct, and of course, like any of these things, it's a reductionist by nature, um, but a really succinct six-step way of how groups of people get things done and breaks it up into really six steps. And it, and the model itself um, helps guide you through finding your, and it has an assessment, your two, what are called geniuses, things that you are, that energize you when you're working on it. Two competencies, things you can you can do. You don't really get energized or or de-energized, and then your frustrations, which are things that um, usually you're not as good at, um, and also de-energize you or sap you, and and are key ways of burnout. And, and just helps to, like most things, excuse me, put names to these things and helps people talk about who they are and where they might be able to slot in in various things when you're working with others. So the six types of working genius, they just released a book. They have an assessment you can purchase. You can see the site here that uh, Sally is uh, scrolling through right now. And uh, they have a lot of resources as well for teams. And um, I know they're, they're, they have some things available also for churches and ministries to look at as well. So I just I've really enjoyed that. Um, and my other pick is entirely self-serving. I, I use a MacBook Air with M2, and it is probably the most revolutionary laptop I've had since we switched to uh, solid state devices. Uh, I am a huge Apple nerd, <laughs> and uh, the Apple Silicon has been just a delight to switch from the Intel base to the Apple Silicon if it's right in my wheelhouse. So that is, a, like I said, that's an entirely self-serving one. The the six types of working genius is maybe more applicable for, for more people, but the uh, MacBook Air with M2 is probably my favorite computing device I've ever owned um, so far. I have it. Very nice. Yeah, I can certainly vouch for both those, but the working genius is something that uh, you said is near and dear to my heart. I am a certified trainer You know, for it. I felt strongly enough that thought this could benefit uh, certainly our department, but the Senate in general. So if you want to know more, I'd be happy to, to talk about that. Um, but it's it's different than, you know, DISC and uh, strength finders because it applies really specifically to getting things done and work. It's not just a personality profile. It's, yeah. it's kind of that, but it ultimately applies to how you relate to your work and how you relate to others as you do your work. So... 
uh, very good stuff. And the survey itself is actually very inexpensive. So yeah, nice pick. And Rachel, <laughs> Rachel, I always look forward to your picks. Uh, what do you got this week? Well, I hope I don't disappoint because mine's a little bit ridiculous, but also <laughs> I really kind of love it. Um, I saw on TikTok of all places this um, that you could get basically inline skate wheels for your office chair. And I kept like rolling over cords and on my in my office. And then sometimes I scoot out this door right behind me to um to meet with the rest of the guys in what network services or IT or whatever we're calling ourselves. And it just wasn't always the smoothest ride. And so I put these on my Christmas list because I thought they looked kind of cool. And my dad got them for me because my dad's awesome. And they are just really wonderful. Uh, you really can glide on your chair. And it just, it's, it, it, they go over the cables without the cables getting like stuck up in there or Bob, stop laughing at me. They, it, it'll I'm, go I'm over like, you. you know, the, okay. I, I'm not laughing. I could be. <laughs> It'll go over like, you know, the, the tails of your backpack straps, you know how those get like caught up in the, the wheels, like it just, it goes right over them and it's all good. Um, and it was a relatively inexpensive, but wonderful upgrade to my office. Works. Uh, I've got, got two, I've got two sets of these, Rachel, one from my chair and one from my wife's chair at, uh, at school. And I can vouch. I don't know if they're the exact same kind, but they look pretty similar. And they're easy to put on. They work great on carpet too. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. it's a real nice. pain to to work on carpet. Um, and they're not expensive either. So the ones you've got up there are like twenty five bucks. It's worth yep. every worth every penny. So it's it's and just calling them was like really that. easy. Go ahead, All Chuck. you have to do is you uh, you bring them to the office and you look at the guys up there and say, hey, can someone help me? And then in like five minutes, they're they're on your chair. So mm -hmm. it's all about those local relationships, right? That's right, right. That's right. <laughs> awesome. What's, what like keeps it. killing me is just the the picture that keeps on scrolling across like that how, that Sally has up right now. The <laughs> new dimension to office chair racing. Like <laughs> you had me there. Like, and, you know, as we were talking about this before we got started, like that's immediately where my brain went. So oh, that's yeah. fantastic. Yes. They advertise it that way. I love it. The joy is in the journey. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sally, I think we're up to you. Not that I can top office chair racing, but tough, yeah. I did recently attend Wells National Conference on Lutheran Leadership, and I got an email yesterday pointing me to the conference materials website, um, and I thought this was definitely worth sharing because all these amazing things that were happening there, um, the presenters have shared resources around them, so um, definitely check it out. It's not the full gamut. I'm guessing they'll still be adding things as people um, share them with the conference committee. But um, lots of great stuff here. And as I'm scrolling, the first thing that struck me was, wow, this person has a really long list. Turns out it's Wendy Kuschel, Wells Tech um, 
past interview (laughs) and um, she was talking all about congregational communications plans and look at how much she brought to the table um, just in that one short sectional. And so if you're looking for more from Wendy, definitely check out the resources that she's sharing here. Um, I could tell you about so many of these different ones that I attended and I'm so excited to have the resources, but if you weren't able to attend, what a blessing that you can get their slide decks and things and read through um, what they presented on some of the topics that were there at the conference. So I will definitely have a link in the show notes to the resources from Lutheran Leadership Conference. Very nice. And they're going to be releasing some videos out over time. They're not, you know, it's not all at once. They're just kind of, uh, you know, not the fire hose approach, but uh, they're going to (laughs) do some of these as we throughout the throughout the winter and spring so look for keep an eye on on this page for that stuff so good stuff all right i think we're down to me my pick which has been a pick in the past three years ago i think i picked this but this has kind of taken on uh, a real important piece in my workflow and that's a tool called grammarly Um, when i started teaching in the graduate studies course at mlc i could get a free uh, account with Grammarly, which is awesome, nice little perk. But basically, Grammar Grammarly is a plugin that you can add to Chrome, or there's also a app version that sits on your computer and just kind of looks for you to start typing stuff and evaluates and suggests grammar changes. It does spell checking, of course, but for me, my uh, arch enemy in the language art space is the comma, and it has solved that problem for me. Um, Much to the uh, joy and celebration (laughs) of my uh, language arts loving spouse. Uh, She taught sixth or eighth grade language arts for years. And I, I stopped throwing her the stuff I wrote because it was, it was just a, it was a, it it's wasn't one of her working builder. geniuses. It was she didn't she <laughs> didn't get joy, huh? She didn't get joy from looking at my grammar. <laughs> um, but this has certainly helped that. I get little reports every once in a while, how many thousands of words it's examined and how many times it has has helped me out. It improved it not it's not just grammar, but it improved clarity. And it actually gives you reports on themes in your writing. So is it encouraging style or aggressive or negative or, you know, just just super helpful stuff, I think. And it does not really get in your way either. You can dismiss it and say, hey, don't pay attention to the, you know, this this application or whatever. What I'm doing is I'm is I'm teaching, I'm doing a lot more writing uh, and I'm doing blog posts and, and everything. And it is uh, very, very helpful. And for the price for an educator, uh, you can't, you can't, you can't uh, beat it. There are other tools out there. I haven't done a full comparison on, on the different uh, strengths and weaknesses of tools like this, but boy, I'm sold. Uh, I would not really write without this at this point. So I'm sure the, the more nuanced language art specialists would probably cringe a little bit that I rely so heavily on it, but I think it's a good teacher too, for me. So it's a good fit for me, maybe for you too. I know as a part of my, my program at the university of the Cumberlands, uh, the doctoral students get access to Grammarly premium as well. And 
we're required to actually run our dissertations through it periodically. Uh. And so I've gotten very, very acquainted with Grammarly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah. very acquainted with the passive voice. Very yes, <laughs> that was a problem that I think I've conquered because of Grammarly. I love nope. to write in the passive voice, apparently. So Grammarly says, uh-uh, um, here's how you can fix that. So good stuff. All right, let's move on to community news and feedback. And this whole section is going to be dominated by our Wells Tech Google group because it's been a happening place lately. There's lots of conversations happening out there. If you aren't a part of it, look for the link in the show notes and join. Um, You will tap into hundreds of people that have experience with church and school technology and are willing to help you out. Almost always really great answers when people put questions out there. Um, For instance, I'm going to kind of go from the bottom up. Um, Recently, somebody asked about worship metrics, um, especially online worship metrics, I should say. How many people are watching your online worship and, and what's the trick to knowing that for sure or whatever and who they are and things like that. And um, that's kind of a hard nut to crack. And I gave some examples from my congregation, but we'd love to hear from others. In our congregation, we have an online sign-up form, basically. Uh, We call it our connection card. It's like passing the friendship register that we do in church, but we do it on um, on an online form, a Google form. And so I linked to an example of that and what our online worship page looks like and that kind of thing. And it takes a, um, a very um, dedicated, you know, consistent message every time you're worshiping and online worshipers are joining you to remind them to sign the connection card, you know, virtually and that kind of thing. But that's one way our church has addressed it. Um, Definitely chime in if you have other ideas. Um, Here's a question that doesn't have anybody responding yet. Someone's asking about HubSpot, which is an online tool for CRM type work. customer management in our church, congregation, church management of who the people are, who the prospects are, what their contact information is, how many times you've had contact with them, those kind of things. I think HubSpot can do a whole lot more than that even, Um, but this um, particular poster is just looking for anyone who's using it in the church space and pros and cons around that. So if you have experience with HubSpot or perhaps a different CRM that you're using, um, maybe this would be the conversation for you to chime in on. And then finally, um, a pretty lengthy um, discussion around biometric scanning to reduce um, time and money lost on student IDs. So this came from Peter Isles, who's the director of technology at Wisco, Wisconsin Lutheran High School in Milwaukee. And um, I thought it was a really interesting question, you know, getting a system in place. If it's a student ID and readers and things, you think about all the effort around that, but you don't think about students losing those IDs and the cost and effort around keeping them um, up to date and things like that. So there were a lot of different people that chimed in, some tangent kind of questions around lunch programs and all kinds of things. And I think you'll benefit from the conversation here if you um, check it out. And then certainly if you have experience, just like everything else that's in the Wells Tech Google group, you're welcome to join the conversation. Um, And like I said, a link will be in the show notes. Yeah, it is a closed group, so you need to request uh, acceptance. Uh, So it's uh, 
pretty simple process. We, you know, email comes into me and I click, okay. Uh, and then you're in. <laughs> so, um, it's, uh, it, it is, it, it continues, that group continues to amaze me about the depth of the responses to what I would consider pretty, pretty deep questions sometimes. Um, and we're really tapping in on the, you know, the thought leaders that I would call them in the, you know, in the Wells technology space who are willing to share their, their experiences and, and super helpful flavor to, to that group. It's, uh, it's, it's really cool. So take advantage of that. Sal, if people want to contribute to the show, how would they do that? Well, that's a great question, Martin. I'm going to share my screen one last time and show you the Wells Tech website. You can find it at wellstech.wells.net. Uh, that's where you'll find uh, postings of all the shows, all 699 of them, as soon as we get this one produced. Um, and you can also find along the top right uh, links to our different social media. So you can uh, comment on Facebook or Twitter or even on Pinterest. You can share things with us. There's all kinds of opportunities there. Um, our email is wellstech at wells.net. And also on the show notes page, there's a blue tab on the right where you can leave us a voicemail. We'd love to hear from you and play your voicemail on the show. Um, so you can, you know, literally join our conversation. So please do reach out with your questions, with your ideas, with your successes, and maybe even some of your failures, because we'd love to learn from you. Always makes it a better show when we've got that feedback. So, And it always is a better show when we have the likes of Rachel and Jason and in this show, Bob. We really appreciate all you guys spending some time with us. We know you've got busy schedules. you got stuff to do. Uh, we appreciate what you do. And uh, but. Thanks for spending show 699 with us. Really appreciate it. Oh, stop it, Martin. This is like the <laughs> highlight of my month when I get to do is this. It? So, <laughs> hey, I look forward to this every time. Very good. It was a pleasure. We do. Thank you. Uh, thank all of you for tuning in. Uh, obviously, we wouldn't have a show without you. And we look forward to joining you for show 700, where we talk a little bit about... Uh, We'll do a little retrospective. We'll go back to show number one, two, three, four-ish and see what we were talking about back then. See if it's still relevant <laughs> for today and you might be surprised. So thanks everybody for joining us. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.